You're listening to The Powerful Creator Show with your host, Cheryl Sosnowski. If you can conceive it and believe it, you can achieve it. And now, here's your host, Cheryl Sosnowski. Well, hello, Tina. Welcome to The Powerful Creator Show. Hello. Glad to be here. Oh my goodness. I'm really excited to talk to you and hear about all your creations you're creating in life, but let's kick off the conversation by telling me and our listeners what it means to you to be a powerful creator. To be a powerful creator is to be able to share information that's going to make women, because I primarily work with women, feel good. And also to get a vision in their mind of what their life could look like in addition to what it is right now. Mm. And the spaces that I create makes me feel like I'm doing, creating something powerful for women to really embrace who they are. And as they begin to make transitions in their lives, rediscover uh, pieces of themselves that has been placed on the back burner. And all of a sudden they are creating the life that they truly have been feeling inside, but have suppressed because of all the responsibilities of life, daily challenges that we face. And just being powerful in, in creating spaces like that, it's amazing. And I know just from knowing you and over these, I don't even know how many years that we've been friends on social media. It has been a while. And I would love to know like how, tell me about the adventures of your life and how you're showing up for yourself in this exact way that you just described you help other women do. It's interesting that you say how I'm showing up for myself because um, this past week uh, I decided I woke up I woke up, interesting story. I I have a habit of doing this. I did it when I worked in corporate. Um, I woke up Wednesday of last week and felt like I just needed to escape. And this is what I pour into women to when you recognize that energy feels a little off, that you have to give yourself permission to step away from it all. And Wednesday, I woke up and realized that I needed to step away for a little while. Um, By Wednesday night, I had a plane ticket a hotel room in the jungle. And by Thursday, by Friday, I was on a plane to Tulum, Mexico, to the jungles of Tulum, Mexico, to work on my own mind, body and spirit. Wow. And it's interesting, because as soon as we got on, I looked at your sound bowls in the background, I was like, Oh, memories of it, because that was one of the experiences that I had was working with a sound bowl healer in the jungle of Mexico. Mm. Um, I had utilized him for one of my retreats that I had done there um, in March. And so when I went back for myself, I found him and I said, I need to have a session. And to have the backdrop of the sounds of nature Mm. coupled with the singing bowls around my body, on my body, just was, it's inexplainable. And that feeling of allowing my body to be present in that moment, not being concerned about what's going on here and the work that I do, it was part of my self-care regimen. That is so important. And I can't even imagine having a sound bath. I saw your pictures on Instagram and I was like, oh, where is that? Sign me up. Just that backdrop. And like you said, those the sounds of nature already 
help us instantly to relax our bodies, the human body and mind and ears love the sounds of nature. So to have that with the sound bowls, I just, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 that was it. It was when, when, when the session, we were in a session for about an hour and a half, close to two hours. Wow. And when we finished, I said to him, the the di- experiencing the difference from when I did it with my clients in March and when I did it for myself was totally different mm-hmm. because for my clients this was the, it was their first experience having it and my mind was so focused on I hope they're going to like it oh what is the experience going to be when they when they when everything is done and what are we going to talk about and to allow myself to fully submerge in the experience that they had was was totally, totally different. And seeing the different hues of colors and the auras and this big white light. And actually one of the things that I had shared with him, I says, at some point I felt myself do like a big breath. Mm. And I says, as soon as I did that big breath of whatever, I'll say it was release. um, I was able to see this big white light over me. And I felt like whatever weight that was sitting on me that solely dissipated. Wow. Yeah. There's, I know the energetic releases that you're talking about that happen. And I see those all the time with my clients, but that's a, like, that's a totally different conversation with sound and the magic of sound. Yes. Let's dive into how does a person move from, so I've watched your journey and I'm like, gosh, she's on so many adventures all the time. It's just so amazing. What is the journey? Tell us about your journey that you've taken personally and how that affects how you work with people, like the empathy and understanding you have. That is such an interesting question. And I I usually started by saying, I was in corporate America minding my business. (laughs) Because literally, that is what I was doing. I I was minding my business, had no intention of doing this type of work. Um, I've, I've been an executive assistant for, for over 31 years and the, 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 it all started when I had to step away for a period of time to take care of my mom, Mm -hmm. um, being an only child, the responsibility fell on me and she had an aneurysm that ruptured. Mm -hmm. And so I had to drop everything and come and live with her for a month and while she was in the hospital and then afterwards, But when I returned home a month later, I got back into my routine. And the best way to describe it was I was walking around merely existing versus living. Wow. And one day my boss asked me, she says, Tina, are you okay? And I go, yeah, I'm fine. Because that's what we do. (laughs) (laughs) We we say, yeah, we're fine because we don't want to, we're not prepared for the question that comes afterwards if we say no. So it's like, yeah, I'm fine. And I took one step and I said, I looked back and I says, I'm not fine. Hmm. And it's taking every ounce of strength not to call underneath my desk in a fetal position and start crying. And so that's when we stopped and we had a discussion and I explained to her, I said, you know, I've been home for a couple of weeks, but my suitcase is still at the foot of my bed unopened. And I says, and all I do is go home, climb in the bed and get up and start it all over again. So it was what I had never experienced before, clinical depression. Right. 
And I never knew what clinical depression looked like. I just knew that I was going home and I was sleeping really, really good every evening. <laughs> um, but finally, I, I really had to stop and, you know, turn the mirror on myself and say, okay, so what's going on and how do we fix this? And, um, you know, I started starting out, we start talking to our friends and then we start moving forward to the next person we're gonna talk to. So a couple of things happened. Um, I realized that I needed an outlet to speak and be truthful, even though I'm very truthful with two of my girlfriends, but I needed another space where people were gonna, where I was gonna be asked questions mm -hmm. that I would really process the info, what was I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so I found an amazing therapist who had singing bowls in his office. <laughs> <laughs> I only fired three before I found the right one. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, you know, and that's one of the things I tell women all the time. I says, if you have therapy, please be sure that you find the right person. Don't settle with just, I need a therapist. Find the right therapist for you. Yeah. And that's what I ended up doing. Um, and he took me through a series of exercises um, in addition to us meditating before every session. And... Um, then I found Deepak Chopra and the 21 day meditation. Mm -hmm. And that's how I was introduced to meditation. And in the early stages of that, I thought it was kind of kooky. And I was like, oh, somebody's trying to pull me into a cult and I'm not going to do this <laughs> because he had a series of people doing the meditation. I'm just, I need one voice. And then I realized that my energy connected with male voices with accents mm. I, 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 my body re totally relaxes with the accent and male voices because I've worked with women so much. The energy of women was like overwhelming for me. And during our last process with Deepak Chopra, he asked the question, that big question, who am I? And I'm a daughter, mother, all of these different labels, but I was, I lost the essence of who I was. And I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm going to be Tina C. Hines and all this other stuff behind it. Um, started, you know, really diving a little deeper into that. And as I was going through the depression, I was going through the awakening at the same right, time. Right. So I didn't know what that was. Mm. So to have all of this, this, these move, these pieces moving around me and trying to gain a better understanding of it. Um, you know, long story short, I discovered that I was a fifth generation intuitive clairvoyant medium and healer and no one in the family ever talked about it. Wow. Are no you one serious? Ever, yeah. Fifth, five I, generations. Five generations and no one ever talked about it. Wow. And so what was, you know, the catalyst of that part happening was I kept telling my aunts, I says, you know, are you sure nobody has any gifts in our family? Because I'm seeing my grandmother and I'm seeing all these people and they're like, well, how are you seeing them? They're dead. And I'm like, I don't know, but I'm seeing them and I'm remembering experiences with them. So it was hilarious. Wow. But then one of my aunts had my grandmother's, my, mother, my mother's mother's journals and my grandmother had dreams and she would write her dreams down. And was, that, was her name Lisa? No, her name was Ella Marion. <laughs> Ella Marion. Yeah. That's beautiful. The name Lisa just popped in my head for no reason. I was like, <laughs> I was like, tell Lisa. And I was like, Lisa, how interesting. No Lisa's. Wow. And they had the, the journal and I'm reading, I'm, I'm, re, I'm re, 
I'm telling them stories from the journal, but they're looking at me because I was going more in depth. And they're like, there's no way that you would know this. You were like one or two. And I'm like, I remember this. This was green. And I'm telling them stories about the journal. Wow. And so my grandmother's niece, who's still on this earth, um, I was guided to go speak with her. And when I talked to her and I said, you know, I'm, I'm seeing Nana, I'm seeing your mother, I'm seeing grandmommy. And I said, I'm seeing some woman. I don't know who she is. And she says, describe her to me. And I described her. She goes, oh, that's your great, great grandma, Jenny. How did she know who she was? Wait a minute. She says, says, you're just like her and I've been waiting on you. (laughs) That's how she said it. You're just like her and I've been waiting for you. And she says, and when we get back to the house, I'm going to show you a picture of her. Because she has a picture of her. She grew up with her. She grew up with around her. I didn't. And so this is how the journey of Tina Life Transformation Specialist came and all of these gifts that my grandmothers had and her mother, I, I have those gifts now and now that I use those gifts to help women. That is remarkable. Did you have those gifts when you were in corporate and when you like before this, did you actually have these gifts that showed up, but you just kind of dismissed them? I had the gifts, but I probably didn't, I couldn't put a label on it. Yeah. Um, but during my full, most of my majority of, especially towards the middle to the end of corporate being in corporate, women would always come to my office and I never knew why. And especially because mm-hmm. I worked in the CEO's office, people don't visit the CEO's office. <laughs> you know, I was like, we don't talk to Tina. You know? So yeah. I would, I would constantly have women, you know, come to my office and even with, um, my friends, you know, people that I would connect with, they were like, there's just something about you. You just make it so easy to talk to you mm. and you're, you're not judging us. You're, you're really listening and you're giving us constructive feedback in any area. And it isn't based on your opinion. It is, you're really giving us, you know, help that we need. And this happened in corporate, but I never paid attention to it in corporate. I just thought people like to visit me for some reason. And it is <laughs> like I'm easy going and I'm easy to talk easy to. Easy going, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a really uh, what an interesting story. And I think that it's I know that you work with women who are um like when you're posting on Instagram and stuff, it's like oh, about the later the second half of life transforming and this waking yes. up. Talk about that and why you enjoy working with this population of people. I think that because of my own personal journey and that connection that we have, but what I'm discovering was, is because we, we, we take on so much as women. And as I shared earlier, we place so much of our aspirations, so much of what we desire to do just so we can make sure our family is taken care of our Mm -hmm. significant other. And then all of a sudden, we're depleted. We forget what brought us joy. Mm-hmm. And typically when I ask women who, who, who just feel like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm saying, yes, you do. I says, because, but you've stopped doing it. So let's revisit the, the, the activities that you used to enjoy that you stopped doing. And usually that is the, the pivotal point of when they're ready to make a shift or They've had some, I, my way to say it is not so positive experiences in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it has become 
uh, an area where they're paralyzed and they truly stop living. Like the biggest question I ask women is what, bring, what what's, what's your happy place? Yeah. And how do you surround yourself with the, the, with the things and the spaces that make you happy? And they're like, well, I don't know what my happy place. I like the water. I like the park. I'm like, okay, but you're saying it. Uh, uh. I was like, you have to feel it. Because when you know what authentic happiness is, you know how to get back there. Yes. It's when you struggle with, I don't know what authentic happiness feels like. So I need to go find it. I need to be willing to take the journey to find what it is that makes me happy. And so I said, I say to them, I said, listen, when you find it, especially after if you're someone who's been to, through clinical depression, your goal is never to go back to clinical depression again. Right. So you think about all, all that happened in your life that transpired that got you there. And okay, so I never want to go back there again. So I need to do the total opposite. And sometimes that total opposite means being willing to release people with love. Yes. Because everybody doesn't deserve a space in our life. And you have to be willing to be like, okay, this isn't conducive to my well-being. So I'm going to have to release you with love, friend, family, or foe. Let's dive into that conversation because I know that that's a hot button topic for a lot of people. And I see this question asked a lot. And where do you start if you're in a, not even necessarily in a relationship, but a close relationship that you've had a long time with somebody, but you just know it's toxic or you've outgrown it or whatever the case may be. Do you have a system of releasing, releasing with love? How do you help people do that? When it comes to the releasing with love, first of all, you have to identify what role the person or situation plays in your life. Does it pour into you or does it deplete you? And if you've identified that you, it's depleted you, why, what is it that's making you stay connected to it? Some people will be like, I'm in a marriage and I have to stay in my marriage. Why do you have to stay in your marriage? You, because is, is there something in the marriage that makes you say, I have to stay? Or it, it's a mother or a father. That's my parents. I have to love my parents. I'm like, you can love your parents, but sometimes you can love them from a distance. Doesn't mean you stop loving them. It means that you stop, you, you have to love them from a distance. Rephrase that. You get to love them from a distance. <laughs> you choose to, you get to, yeah. you get to, you choose yeah. to love them from a distance. And a lot of the work that I do with women, it does focus on journal writing. And instead of thinking of the not so positive situations, you think about the positive. What is the positive that I'm going to get out of releasing somebody with love? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, am, what energetically, what am I going to get back? How is my life going to look like? And if it's a struggle, you know, for my retreats, sometimes we write letters and we attach them to the balloons for the symbolization, mm. or I get dissolving paper. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Too. <laughs> I don't do the burning thing too much, but, you know, different little ways that they can start doing the symbolism of releasing it so they can see how that feels. And if there's any triggers that arise when they do that, one, mm. when they do one of those. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, that's really important. And it's like, you know, in, in nature, two things can't occupy 
the same space. And so that's why my name of my business is Create Space Studio. It's about the external creating, but also internal creating space for something new, something that you want, right? Mm -hmm. You want. Are there any ways or tools or tips that you have? Another question that I hear a lot from people is how do you help somebody find a purpose or find what makes them happy when they really just don't know? Well, first, (laughs) I don't think that we find our purpose. Mm. It reveals itself to us. Yes. When you think about your life and some of the activities you've performed in your life, it's like you asking me, what was I doing in corporate? And I would say, people would always come to my office. In my mind, I never thought that it would lead to people would always come to my (laughs) office. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. So our purpose reveals itself to us. And for those people who love, love, love to put a time limit on when it's supposed to happen, Mm. there is no time frame. It happens when it's supposed to. So what the key point in doing with your purpose is focus more on cultivating what brings you joy. And every day perform an activity that's associated with something that brings you joy. It's like when people say, I like working with people. Well, you don't like working with all people. So you wanna focus on those types of people that you enjoy being around and working with. And what is it that's fulfilling for you as you are pouring into them that you get back Mm. something from it at the same time. Um, And that's really what, how, that's really my perception of people when they talk about their purpose. I'm like, it's going to reveal itself to you. Yeah, I like that answer. Yeah, it reveals itself to you. And once you start dissecting areas of your life where you're currently are, where you've been, Mm -hmm. you'll start discovering like, oh, wait a minute, this has been my purpose. I just stopped doing it. Yeah. Like, what if I'm not a pet pet person, but pets love me. (laughs) And one would, I mean, no matter, I, I have, I, when I have coaching sessions, I have one, a couple of clients who have cats. They were like, the cat starts walking across the screen. Um, the mean, dog will come and sit beside them. Whenever we're talking, they'll start hearing me. And I'm not a pet person. So I'm like, oh, isn't pets your passion? No, it's not. <laughs> your, your energy attracts them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, and you know, what if, when it comes to purpose, it's, I honestly, don't feel like that there is one defined purpose. I feel like it changes and it unfolds, just like you said, with when you allow it to reveal itself, that that revealing changes as we mm-hmm. change and we grow. Like the caterpillar's purpose is to munch on leaves. That's not the butterfly's purpose. Correct. <laughs> and, and it's so true. It, it's forever evolving as we grow and go into different directions, as we engage with different people, as we read pieces of different pieces of information, like sound bowl healing. I'm 53 now. So probably a 23 sound bowl healing would be the last thing on my mind. Right. Would not have been interesting to me at all. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, I need this in my life. So it's as you shift in the life that you desire to have, especially if you're one who's in, I, I, when you want desire to have peace in your life, 
Yeah. You shift. So yeah. what you desire and what you engage with and the people you would, you engage with, it changes. Yes. And the, the I traded in the four cream color walls of corporate for the four cream color walls of my home office. But the energy is different. The feeling, the, the fulfillment is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can hop on a plane and go to Mexico and go have a sound bath in the I, I jungle. Sure <laughs> <laughs> and not ask to ask, can I have a couple of days off? <laughs> I, need, I need some mental health days. I really need to go take care of myself. Yeah. <laughs> But actually, Cheryl, I did that once. We were having a board meeting (laughs) and it was the last day of the board meeting. And my boss was like, so how's everything going? Everything's going well. Um, I booked the plane ticket to the Bahamas for Friday. (laughs) She looked at me like, I was like, yeah, that's what I did. I'm I'm going to the Bahamas. I need a break. So this was, this has been something that has always been in me for a while, especially towards the latter part. I just couldn't put a label on it. Yeah. And you know, life's really too short to not be fulfilled and to not live your life. Like I think a lot of times two people put everything is like out there in the future. When I do this, when I get that and like life is to be lived every day. So I love that you said, find something joyful and do that thing in that day. Never live in the shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. You you, want to do it now, especially you know, with this past year of what happened, I don't talk about it. Yep. Um, but we know that how, how short life is. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to leave this earth or in the transition of leaving the earth and realizing, oh, there's so much I wanted to do. So many experiences I wanted to have. Right. And I never want to be in that space. Yeah. And we, we get to not have to be in that space. We just have to give ourselves some grace and give ourselves some permission to do more of the things that are fulfilling to us and not have to ask for the opinions of others. Right. Right. Yeah. Somebody recently had said, stop asking for the, for, stop asking for opinions from other people who um, have it worse off than you. And I was like, Oh, that's an interesting point of view. Yeah. 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 much value in that for sure. I wanted to ask you about your awakening because this is another topic that I feel like a lot of people are going through this experience and that includes me. I was not expecting to be like from the time you and I first met to now, I feel like we've completely changed and yeah. grown as people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've watched your, your adventures, like I said, on Instagram and your awakening is just so beautiful. What has that process been like for you? And you kind of went through that dark night of the soul at the same time. Uh, my journey has been so, I, for me, it is one that has been an interesting process because I feel unlike some people who will go to a class or read a book about the awakenings and what you experience, I've never been guided that way. Um, I started out working with someone doing Reiki and she helped me gain a better understanding of it early on. But as I started progressing, whenever I would try to work with different people and take different classes, something would happen that my grandmother, my spirit guide would push me out of the class. Mm. And then there was one day where I clearly heard, we didn't learn from a book Mm. and we learned by doing. Yes. And that is exactly what we want you to do. 
So I learned by doing, excuse me. And when I started out doing my readings, I, I wouldn't use tools. I would just start I'd ask very, I'd ask a question, but it would be the most simplest question. And they'd look at me like, what does that question have to do with everything you're about to tell me? I was like, just answer the question. And it could be one word. And then I would start sharing with them. And then I would pull in the Oracle cards um, for confirmation. And from there, I went to there being a party always in my house with loved ones who transitioned. And usually it would be about three or four fighting to, for me to speak, for them to use me to speak. Um, and then the healing work started. And the, the, the biggest part about the awakening was I had written something in my journal about it my grandmother's coming to me, standing at the foot of my bed and them asking me, are you ready? And I nodded my head, yes. And they said, are you sure? Mm. And I said, yes. They're like, okay. And we walked arm, arm in arm locked into a waterfall. And when we came out, all of these angels just started descending into the water. Oh, beautiful. Two years later, I go to Bali, Indonesia, and not a place I had ever planned on going. One of my friends, she was doing four trips for her 40th birthday, and I chose to go to Bali, and we were going to this waterfall. And the night before we were going to go, we had done a lot that day, and I was like, I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to rest. And she's like, okay. The next morning, I got up, and I went to her room. I says, I think I need to go. And she goes, I was going to tell you the same thing. So we go to the waterfall and as we're walk, we have to go down the stairs and then go up. And as we're going down to the stairs, we get to a point where I see the waterfall and I start crying and they're like, what's wrong? And I says, this is the waterfall that I've been, I said, I've been here before. <laughs> they're like, well, I said, I've been here before. I said, I was here with my grandmothers and we walked into this waterfall. And the craziest thing was I was wearing this t-shirt that said, I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. Oh, wow. And so when we got back to the house, I opened my journal and I said, read my journal. I had wrote the experience in my journal two years prior. Oh my gosh. Bali had never been on my mind. And now I'm so in love with Bali that I want to live there because of the, the spirituality of it. Of, of just being in that place is so peaceful. Mm. Oh, I have, I feel just this fullness that just washed over me when you told that story. That's incredible and just so beautiful. And what a blessing you are to the women that you work with and to the planet. You're just, mm-hmm. I just, wow. So they're a life. blessing to me. <laughs> we are to each other, right? We are yes. we're all to each other. And just, we're, it's our job to be a light and to be, to just unfold and to allow for me, I say, you know, my purpose or what I feel like the human purpose is, is simply to open yourself more and more and more and more and more yes. to allow this, our higher self, our soul self to flow through us purely like that waterfall. Yeah. It, and, and so many of those experiences as I'm growing in my gift mm-hmm. and I always, I, 
I met this amazing healer in Bali, Indonesia. And she and I have had this connection. And she's like, there's something about you. I'm like, no, there's something about you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's great. It feels good to know that you can connect with other people who are just like you instead of being fearful. And that's one area that I think a lot of people struggle with who have this gift. Mm-hmm. Um, uncertain of who they can share it with without being called crazy. Right, right. And what did they do with it? And if they have to do anything with it. I think that is the part of when people are going through their awake- awakening, especially if it's not an area that was discussed in your family, especially if you grew up in a very faith-based home. Yes. That is a challenge to speak about. For sure. Yeah. I grew up in a Catholic family. And so there's like, but I feel like in every religion, there's also the mystical side of that. Religion. I agree. The mystics. Well, my, um, I am the great, great granddaughter of a Pentecostal minister. And my mother is a Baptist minister. <laughs> and um, it's, it's interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, however, as I said, it wasn't, an area that we talked about. And that's why I didn't know that I, that this was part of our family. That is so remarkable to me to feel, to know like that this is not only is the gift generational in your family, but also being in ministry. Yeah. And not tying those together. And well, it's interesting because I've, I've had a discussion with my mom about this. And I say, you know, the work that you're doing is from the faith-based perspective. The work that I'm doing is from a women-based perspective. (laughs) I was like, I I, I don't quote scriptures. I don't nudge people to believe in everything that I believe in. My goal is I want you to heal as a woman. I want to help you heal as a woman. Mm -hmm. Everything else, your faith, your, your, your religious belief, that's all you I will never challenge you. So you will never feel the need to defend it. Um, I just want to focus on you getting the help and the support that you need so you can fulfill your dreams of happiness. I love that. That, And what more could we ask for in this lifetime? Yes. Yeah. That to step into those shoes. Tina, where can people find you and how can people work with you? What services do you offer? So you can find me on Instagram at Tina C. Hines 50. My initial is C, um, Tina C. Hines 50. On Facebook is Tina C. Hines Life Transformation Specialist. And my website is tinacheines.com. And working with me, you'll find out the information is on the website. You can receive Oracle card readings. Um, you, connecting with your loved ones who have transitioned. And also I curate uh, international retreats two to three times a year. This year, um, we are going back to Bali, back to Anguilla, British West Indies, and in two weeks, back to Mexico. <laughs> um, Look at you! <laughs> <laughs> and also on Facebook, I have a group called Opening the Doorway to Self-Love, and that is a free community for all women to join. Wonderful, Tina. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to have you back on and have you do a live Oracle reading. I think that would be fun just for people to see like what that experience is like. And oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. I think that would be really, I think that'd be a really fun, interesting show to do for people to actually kind of hear and experience um, going through that process would be. Oh yes. I would love 
bet. Uh, thank you so much for reaching out and reconnecting. And I will keep watching you bloom yes. into the beautiful <laughs> being that you are. And I appreciate you being here with me and sharing this time. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure, truly a pleasure. Uh, thanks, Tina. You've been listening to The Powerful Creator Show with Cheryl Sosnowski. Subscribe at iTunes or go to PowerfulCreatorShow.com and join our email list so you never miss a future episode. Have a powerfully creative day.